With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. back to Broad Street LinkedIn's week three recap. The birds imposed their will and physically dominated the Bucks in a 25-11 win in Tampa. It was a tale of two halves, but the birds are 3-0 along with the Dolphins and Niners. And I still don't think the birds are even close to playing their best football. I'm Reed and we have Griff back on to recap this matchup. And like always, we have prepared our three pros and cons. So, Griff, why don't you start us off with your first pro? Now, I've been a con past couple of weeks. My first pro is the special teams unit. Special teams looked pretty good yesterday. Defensively, nothing too notable. The Bucks didn't have many opportunities, but uh, I want to highlight Britton Covey, although he doesn't know what a touchback is, apparently. He actually, after... Looking at Brayden Covey to kind of figure out what his deal was, I found out he was first in NFL since week 13 of 2022 in punt returns. 291 total punt return yards, which is crazy because I was under the assumption that he was trash. But he has career-high 52 yard last night. Um, although it looks like he's going to muff the ball every time he catches it, he actually looked pretty good. And, you know, he's a milk boy out there, so, you know, he's representing. So I think that Brayden Covey, shout out him. He's my number one con. What do you have? That was that's an insane stat. I did not know that. I still just I can't get behind him. I mean, I know he had two great returns, but you just you have to let those balls in the end zone. I mean, I just don't understand why he's bringing them out. I know it worked out, 
And look, I'm not complaining about those runs, but that's I know. Like, what one out of it a hundred times. It's like you, you watch him and you're like, Oh no, Oh no. Oh no. I mean, the one literally bounced went to about the one yard line. He didn't touch it yet. He decided to grab it, turn around. He ended up getting to the 20, but it's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Negative football IQ. It's insane. Um, like you said, every time I watch him, I'm like, oh, my God, please don't drop it. Oh, my God, please don't fumble. <laughs> like, Yeah, he's first in, like, five categories. It says right here, punt returns of 10-plus yards, punt returns of 15-plus yards, 20-plus yards, 25-plus yards. He's first in all. That could also be a testament in our defense, giving him just a million opportunities to return the ball, <laughs> forcing people to punt. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, that's a stat. Yeah. Well, the more you know. Well – my first pro was Jeff Stoutland and the O-line. Um, we played the second best run defense in Tampa Bay this week, second only to the Birds. And we rushed for two, over 200 yards, and it should have been more, honestly. This is ridiculous. 99 of Swift's 130 yards came before contact. So Swift basically ran for 100 yards before being even touched. I mean, that's just unheard of. That. I can't I don't yeah, that's insane. I can't imagine that has ever happened before. And like I I've referenced this before but it feels like Steichen back in 2021 it didn't matter how good the opposing run defenses were we just pound the rock with the best o-line in the league and put up 200 plus on the ground a game and I love it. I love that. Yeah, Vita Vey was a non-factor. I mean, he like he's obviously a great player but he did not he is the ability to take over a game and he did not and he really didn't even stand a chance. I mean, we sunned their D-line. The whole unit is playing out of their mind. And I truly think Jeff Statlin might be one of the most important people in the Eagles organization. I mean, Cam Jurgens is playing a new position. He's a new starter. Is playing like an all-pro. Diggerson yeah. is, is a pro bowler already. Jason Kelsey first made the pro bowl with Statlin as his coach. As his coach. And Mylotta literally never played football before. And these guys are elite best in the league for sure yeah for the longest time we've had one of the best if not the best o-lines for a while and i know kelsey and lane have been around but statlin just has all these guys playing together at an elite level and there's not much more you can ask for there yeah and it's howie too you know right howie roseman's put together i mean he's just instilled a great organizational offensive line it seems like no matter who we lose we don't skip a beat on the offensive line. And that's how we've been able to succeed, you know, like in the past couple of years. Yeah. I think people kind of think of the Eagles O-line, especially non-Birds fans as, you know, Kelsey and Lane. And those guys have been around, but left tackle, left guard and right guard have been a revolving door. And yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. They set the tone with leadership and that's clear. I mean, that Kelsey documentary was unbelievable, but you don't just draft someone and they're automatically good. Like we have a system that works and people aren't leaving our system, you know? So that's just shows that we have a great organization, especially for that position. Yeah, I agree. And um, so what's your second pro? Been a lot of Kelsey Swift talk this week, but uh, I'm going Jurgen Swift. You know, you just mentioned it, but uh, I, I wanted to shout out Cam Jurgens. He looked unbelievable. You know, like you, the stat you just gave, he doesn't get as much praise as the other guys, as you just said, but Swift and Gamewell, one-off Gamewell, you know, they do the running back by committee, which maybe they're going to stick to it, even though I think it's clear that Swift is the better back. But 
we have a dominant run game, and that is like step one to a Super Bowl team. And, and I think a lot of people, you know, I feel I totally understand both sides, right? As a fan, you see Swift play, and you're like, give him the ball every play. But look, Swift is an injury-prone guy. Running back is the most injured position in the league, and you want him to be available when the playoffs come around. And I have no doubt in my mind, once we get to the playoffs, that Swift will take be taking a higher percentage load than he is at the moment. Yeah, and when we're winning games, like, Swift has no problem taking a quarter off. Like, I think it's when we get into those tight games, because we do have a, a tough stretch of games coming up. Like, if it's not working with Gamewell and we keep trying him, and it's clearly working with Swift – that's when it's like that's when Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni like that's when their personnel calls will really show because in a tight game where you need that guy to get you to second and four second and three automatically like you can't have game well in the game in my opinion you just can't like it if it's going to make the difference in a game I respect game well as much as anyone else but Swift is our guy you're thinking about the fourth and two I am I wanted to see Rashad and Pet I wanted to see Rashad Penny in there. Um, if not, I wanted to see uh, DeAndre Swift. I mean, I just game well. I mean, he gets hit and goes down. I mean, he's just not that kind of back. We have Rashad Penny. We signed him. We don't use him at all. I, I you know, we're winning, so it's it's tough for me to complain. But I would have liked to see Rashad Penny or DeAndre Swift in that position. But yeah, I mean, what do you have? My second pro is Jalen Carter. I mean. I wanted to do the whole D-line, but Jalen Carter is just on another level. According to the NFL Next Gen Stats, Carter is second among defensive tackles in the NFL in pressures with 15 through three games. Only ex-Eagle Javon Hargrave has more at 17, and he costs $17 million less dollars. Yeah. Uh, great move by Howie there. Carter is second in the league in pressures when double-teamed, trailing only Micah Parsons by one. So he's oh second to the defensive player of the year. And he has faced double teams on almost 69% of pass rushing snaps as a rookie. His ability to eat up blockers has made Fletcher Cox look 10 years younger. And a perfect example of this is to look at the play before the first fumble and the forced fumble, right? So first, the Bucks were doubling Jalen Carter over Fletcher Cox. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Cox yeah, three games into his NFL career. <laughs> and Fletcher Cox has been double teamed his entire career. I mean, that's just un unreal for him. So Cox easily beats his man and gets the sack. Next play is a dump off to Rashad White, and Carter just annihilates him. I mean, that hit was so loud through the TV. And, you know, the D-line bailed us out again, right? Jalen throws that bad pick through the miscommunication, and the Bucks could have tied the game or gone down six on that drive, and Jalen Carter makes a play, saved us. Yeah, on that play, it was funny because I went back and I'm rewatching it. And first off, he just socks like the shit out of the ball. And the ball goes flying. Like, he got another chance. But then when Rashad White's trying to, like, get up and they're both on the ground, Rashad White's going to, like, try to make a play on the ball. Jalen Carter just decks him while he's on the ground and gets yeah. up and taunts him. No flag. I mean, it's just he's a dog. Like, we knew what we were getting with him, and it's, like, showing immediately. And a crazy stat that I saw is – he played less than 50% of the snaps Monday night, and he had five QB pressures, best on the team, half a sack, the QB hit, obviously, forced fumble, obviously, and two total tackles. So he's well, leading the team playing half the game. Yeah. So, I mean, we have, we have a stud. And he's allowing Jordan Davis, who, like, needed, like, a coming out year to have it because he's not getting any attention. Agreed. And 
Jalen Carter's plus a hundred on DraftKings right now to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. So, yeah, that, that's I didn't even know that. That's awesome. I might even sprinkle that. <laughs> he's, he's a freak, man. I just can't believe he dropped to us. And what was your uh, third con or third pro? You kind of have to go AJ Brown, right? I mean, he was. It was just one of those games where it's like you almost knew it was going to happen, and then it did. And he even had a Takis game, which I mean, respect to him, he's playing through a Takis game. I know, you know Takis is not not sponsoring AJ Brown anytime soon. I mean, MJ flu game, and then AJ Brown Takis game, basically on my list. But Another thing that's worth mentioning is that Jalen Hurts and Kelsey were also playing through flu-like symptoms. Absolute dogs. Didn't tell yeah. anyone on the team until after the game. So, Or they didn't even know after the game. A.J. Brown found out from the reporters. But Yeah, and I mean, you expect that from Jalen Hurts and, and Kelsey. They're just leaders. They're not going to like show any, show any sort of weakness in the locker room. But A.J. Brown ended with nine receptions for 130 yards. He did drop two TDs. Um, I was just going to say he should have had two TDs. Uh, that set heavy with me because may have had the anytime TD score there. But um, Yeah, how could you it not? Was it was raining, so should have had two touchdowns. That's maybe why I bumped him down to the honorable mentions. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's what you expected, and he delivered, right? Great stat line, great game. Yeah. I mean, how much of America do you think at Alamad Zacchaeus? Yeah. <laughs> To have the first-time touchdown score. Also, shout-out St. Joe's Prep. Yeah, St. Well, Joe's, man. Shout-out Olamide and uh, DeAndre. They were two years apart in high school, which is crazy. Yeah. I have no idea Zacchaeus was also from St. Joe's Prep until that touchdown. So, Yeah, if you listen to this pod, I apologize for uh, pronouncing your name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what you have for your third pro? My third pro was the fans. According to Vivid Seats, it was 50-50 in the stadium, but I think we all know that one Philly fan does not equal one Bucks fan in any way, no. shape, or form. I mean, we just took over that stadium. I don't know if you saw the clip before the game, but the five Birds fans not letting them pull up the Bucks. Oh, yeah. That's just awesome. I mean, you just yeah. And, and no Bucks back. fans are doing anything. Nothing. They're just yeah. stop the entire section from waving a Bucks flag. It was hilarious. And the guy in the back saying, not all heroes wear capes. It's just yeah. culture is incredible. And um, the Dallas sucks chant that was ringing out throughout the game towards the end. That's just awesome. I mean, you just hear it through the TV. It sounds like a home game. All the fans staying after the game. I know I sent you that clip of Kelsey walking off the field. They're all just yeah. his name cheering. Everyone's just waiting. Good. Yeah, Sirianni like went into the stands basically. Exactly, I had Nick Sirianni going to the fans and dapping all of them up, and I think that's we meant we touched on it before about Howie and the organization and everything, and I think the fans are a big part of it. I think that's why our core four and guys stay around, and you hear stories of players leaving the birds and regretting it, and I think as a player in the NFL, when your fans travel like that and cheer for you like that it is such a big motivator for you to work even harder. Um, oh, I'm giving us too much credit, but I really think the fans have a huge impact on, on the team. Yeah. I mean, when the Eagles came out, it, it literally sounded like close to a home game. It's just awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Love it. Yeah. So moving on to some honorable mentions, I had um, DeAndre Swift, you know, obviously the O-line plays a huge factor, but 
130 yards on 16 carries is just ridiculous. 8.1 yards per carry. He's had 305 yards in the last two games, and he had 542 all of last year. So he can break his season total from last year in about one or two games. First running back since Shady uh, in 2014 to rush for back-to-back 130-plus yard games. And he's second in the league in rushing yards and only had one yard week one. I just don't know how we don't have an RB1. I don't get it. And you read those stats and you're like, how? But, I mean, shout out to him. He's balling right now. Unbelievable production on the volume he's getting. Uh, The first – the forced turnovers, I mean, eight turnovers through three weeks, that wins football games. Time of possession, 39 to 21. I thought the linebackers, you know, I thought they played fine. Obviously, Cunningham gave up that two-point conversion. Yeah, Nicholas Mora forced that safety, though. Exactly. So, you know, yeah, so, I mean, I I agree. I think the linebackers did look – I mean, they stepped up for, like, what what the bars set out. Exactly. Basically nothing. Or, you know, when you're not constantly getting talked about, that means you're doing a great job. And they didn't get talked about very often. I didn't think about them too often. Um, and that means you're you're doing your job. Cowboys going down, losing to the Cardinals. I mean, come on. And Kaiser White, ex-Eagle, screaming in his face, you're a bum. You're a bum. Yeah, one tweet, one, uh, tweet I saw was like, Kaiser White's like best play as an Eagle. And it was the, the <laughs> interception to be, uh, on the Cardinals, which is pretty great. Seriously, what was that throw, though? I think three different Cardinals could have intercepted that ball. Dak's just proving everyone that he is who we all think he is. So, you love to see Yeah, I don't write the Cowboys off, though. Um, But, yeah, that's definitely a big loss. So, now we'll talk about the bad. What was your first con, Griff? So, my first con, even though I do hate to say it, it's Jalen Hurts. He doesn't look – he doesn't – he just doesn't look like himself. He doesn't look good, in my opinion. He's still, like, taking – he has time, but then he doesn't realize he has time. And then when he has time, he takes too much time. He just does not have the same, like, rhythm and feel that he did last year. I don't yeah, worry about it because we're winning. But, yeah, he just doesn't look good. Yeah, I mean, especially in the first half, right? He looked shaky. He was inaccurate. And, you know, we didn't find out till after the game he was playing through a flu. So, you know, we don't know how much that affects that. But, I mean, the one pick was a great play by the Bucks. The other one was a miscommunication. But, yeah, he just doesn't look comfortable back there. No. No, I don't – it could be – you know, that second year that he had with Shane Sykin, that was his first time in so long that he had two consecutive years with the same play caller, I think, in his entire, like – collegiate and NFL career and now he has a new play caller and I think I I'm not going to blame Brian Johnson or Hurts but he just doesn't look good you know they have to figure it out but they got time they got time and you know every week I do think we're improving um Brian Johnson I'll talk about him in a little bit but you know he he is improving as the weeks go on um my first con was Josh Job. Don't really have much here. He just looks like the worst corner in the league. I felt like every play that worked was in his direction. And I'm just begging Sirianni to give Keely Ringo and Eli Ricks a shot. Yeah, I agree and I disagree. I think, you know, he's an inexperienced. So are Keely Ringo and Eli Ricks. It's, he didn't really play much last year. He did get beat, but that's a good Bucks wide receiver core. 
and like we're gonna have to look to somebody so i think keep keeping to try different people and if it doesn't continue to work you know i just don't know if that's the right answer i don't mind him as much but uh i know it ticks you off <laughs> i i despise him and i i just don't understand why we just can't even give him a, like a snap or two like just give him a chance to prove themselves but Sidney Brown coming in the game for a few snaps is great. I want him to see the field more. Yeah, and he made a huge play yeah, on that uh, Yeah, third down. Yeah, Mike Evans did have a good amount of drops, which was lucky. But, um, yeah, that was a great play by Sidney Brown to save that touchdown. And uh, what was your second con? Well, my second con, we just kind of talked about it a little bit. But uh, I didn't really like the personnel at all um nolan smith looked good in like the one snap he played and Derek barnett looks terrible in every single snap he plays <laughs> um i'm out on Derek barnett he was like wasn't he kind of like bitching about his contract and getting it wasn't he wasn't showing up to camp or something yeah you know he was great before he got hurt for like every year he's played for us and he yeah was, so obviously how he's you know come on you got to stay um, healthy yeah, I'm buying Nolan Smith. We already got a line of Georgia dogs. Just add them, and I'm selling Derek Barnett. So it's a pro and a con. But I want to see more Nolan Smith. I want to see more Sidney Brown, and uh, yeah, Derek Barnett. I mean, he's just people run their course in the league on the same team. But uh, yeah, I think that's it for him. Dude, that Nolan Smith hit on Baker was so sweet. Oh yeah, I crunched him. Um. Yeah, so my second con was Brian Johnson again. Um, before I get into the play calling again, because I feel like I'm a I'm a broken record at this point, but um, I'll start with miscommunication. There was a lot of miscommunication on offense, and one led to a crucial crucial interception in the red zone. And like we said before, Jalen just looks a bit rattled out there, especially in the first half. And I think that that is the offensive coordinator's responsibility to make your quarterback feel comfortable. And I think the easiest way to make a quarterback feel comfortable is to run the ball effectively, which we have done every time we've tried it. And that leads me into play calling, primarily in the first half, because again, as the game went on, uh, Brian Johnson improved. And I I know I sound like a, a broken record, but pound the rock. And I know people will say, well, we had 40 rushes for 200 yards. And that was primarily in the second half. And it was a tale of two halves. That first half was uh, Jalen Carter not forcing a fumble away from being a tie game. And we should have been up 17-0 five minutes into the second quarter, but it was 3-0. And I'll get into more detail about that in my third con, um, but we got bailed out by the D-line, and we're lucky that we got into the half up 13-3 there. Yeah, just to comment on that – I think we were on pace for like over 600 yards of offense at half with like 13 points. It just made no sense. Um, We're just not clicking at all. You know, we're getting there and we can't finish. So what what was your next point? Yeah, my, I was just going to tie in my second and third. I guess they're kind of in the same umbrella, but my third time was red zone offense, two red zone turnovers. That just can't happen. I don't know why we refuse to run the ball in the red zone. Our first drive, Swift had two rushes for eight yards a pop. We get to the red zone and we do three passes in a row, decide to go for it on fourth and two and get stuffed. 
if our plan all along was to go for it on third and two or to go for it on fourth down, regardless, you run the ball on third and two. Worst case scenario, who gets stuffed and then you can draw up your best play. Even if he gets one yard, we do the, the brotherly shove and we get it with the QB sneak. I mean, I just don't understand his thought process there. Second drive, Swift goes for 14 yards and 13 yards. We make it to the red zone. What do we do? Three straight passes again and a field goal. Our third drive, we didn't make it to the red zone. We were running the ball well in the beginning, and then we choose to have three straight passes and punt. In the second half, our third red zone trip, we finally decided to run in the red zone. We run it twice with Swift for one and five yards to the one, and Hertz sneaks it in. When we finally did it, we got our touchdown. And the second to last red zone drive where we made it 25, I just – another thing about Brian Johnson – why would you reveal your fake QB sneak play then? Yeah, that was a bad play call. Not even that it didn't work, but why are you trying to show the league potentially one of our greatest secret weapons? I mean, I've been thinking about it. I know you've been thinking about it. Like, you know, what if we fake this sneak? What, what could we do here? What are our options? And just to reveal your play in a week three matchup in prime time when everyone's watching against the Bucks, I just yeah. Don't- I think that's a hindsight, like, 2022, because, like, if it works, you know, it's going to be all over Instagram and stuff like that. And I still get it, but, like, it didn't work, and it didn't work badly. So it's, like – I don't know. Even even if it worked, obviously I would have been happy we scored, but it's, like, why would you show the league that play in week three? I don't I don't know. I just think – Yeah, up 14. No, exactly. never made it, yeah. I think we should save that for when we really need it. Um. But that was my second and third con kind of paired together. What was your third con? So I have a uh, stat. I kind of struggled to put three about the gameplay. I, lo- I honestly like that game. I like the Eagle- the way the Eagles played. They were like four-point favorites. I think it closed at five and a half. And they crushed the spread, which is always good to see when you're on the road as a big uh, favorite. But – Stat is the Eagles are the fourth team since 2000 to start 3-0 after losing the Super Bowl, and neither of the previous three teams got past the divisional round. You know, it's a small sample size, but it is a sample size, and it's a consistent uh, consistent stat. And it's the Seahawks, the, the Falcons, and the Rams. The most recent were the Falcons in 2017. That's when we beat them. And then the Rams when they lost, uh, they went nine and seven after they lost in the playoffs with Jared Goff. And they weren't really that good of a team, I don't think. I think we have a lot more weapons, especially the Falcons, like Matt Ryan's not legit, but still it, a stat. And Jalen Hurts doesn't look that good, but I hear you. And that actually that is a wild stat. I've never heard of that before, but I think we would all take this over the Super Bowl hangover that most teams have. Definitely, definitely, I agree. I think it really shows a lot about Nick Sirianni that he got this team that lost in the Super Bowl mentally and physically ready to start the year three and oh I mean the Super Bowl hangover is a real thing and just to kind of break that mold and trend it's it's a testament to Nick Sirianni and how he gets the guys ready to play and wanting to play and always get better yeah dude one thing I noticed is the more they do that tush push they're like lying it they're trying it from like two three yards out now like they they lined up a couple times with like two yards and i'm like are they actually gonna do this the one i think was the jalen hurts one that they ended up calling back right 
Um, well, the one I'm thinking of it, immediately that sticks out was like third and goal in the two. We snuck it to the one, and then we yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like it all right, like it's is just that so actually hard, man. yeah. And like people's counter arguments are like, don't let them get to like goal line and two and like third and one. But it's like if we keep running it from like the third yard line, I might start seeing the other side. <laughs> like it's crazy. It's unreal. And again, you had uh, the commentators talking about how they thought it'd be banned or whatever. And again, I just don't understand why. Um, People try and they can't do it. Exactly. And it's just our O-line is bigger and stronger than yours. And Jalen Hurts squats 300 pounds and you can't stop it. 600. 600. Oh, I said. (laughs) No, that's an insult, honestly. I've only heard 600 like a million times on the TV. I know. (laughs) And it is sick to see uh, DeAndre Swift's dad. Just they just cut to him lifting. <laughs> that was <laughs> it's like just random videos of him just doing crazy workouts. <laughs> so as long as he's on the team, I'll enjoy them cutting to that, and then we can just count on them doing like it'll be like first and ten, and they'll line up for the brotherly shove that it's called now. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, I'd much rather watch uh, Mr. Swift lifting than cutting to Taylor Swift every three seconds. So I know that was a pain, but that is shout out to Travis Kelsey. The Kelsey's are a powerhouse family now. Yeah, seriously. Like in two years, like they just be like Jason Kelsey was about to retire two years ago. And now he has a documentary. They yeah. brothers play in the Super Bowl. It's wild. About Kelsey family. Yeah. I like Travis Kelsey. I met him at Xfinity before uh, the Vikings game last year. Oh, really? Was it? Would you just say what up? <laughs> yeah, I'm not one of the people to take pictures. I actually also met Jason Kelsey after a concert last year, too. So I'm, I am basically a testament to the Kelsey success. So, I actually uh, heard about that. You saw the Elijah told me you saw the whole line, right? Yeah, it was Cowboys week home game. And Jason Kelsey like could barely walk. And he started on Sunday. So that's what the cortisone shots can do. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they only play once a week. It was I was like texting everyone like, Jason Kelsey is not going to play this week. He can barely walk. I just saw it. <laughs> they won. That's when it was Cooper Rush. They juiced, they juiced the boys up. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Broad Street LinkedIn. Make sure you tune in later this week for our preview of the Commanders game. We got the Commanders at home at 1 o'clock. Kind of sucks not being in prime time, but... Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a gritty 1 o'clock game at the link. Hopefully we can come out with a with a win. I don't, I'm going to check the line right now just for early early lines. Early lines, let's hear it. Guess what it is. Let's, let's hear it. Oh, whose line is it anyway? Um, I'm going to say the commies or the birds are minus 7.5. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. Eight and a half. Under or over under is forty four and a half. Yeah, I mean, yeah. See, I don't see the the commanders putting up more than seventeen on us. So they just got their asses kicked by the Bills. Exactly. Hey, so make sure you tune in to our episode this week to uh, hear our Lincoln Financial locks for the slate in Week Four. But um, as always, go Birds. Go Birds.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 